Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Today's show is a very special one. I'm welcoming in a former Retail Ready student, Diana Gerard, to talk about her recent rebrand for her snack company, Magic Dates. What is even more exciting, though, is that we also have the co-founders of Here and Now Creative Co., Sam Wabach and Megan Martin, on this episode with us, too. So Sam, Megan, and Diana all work together to pull off a stunning rebrand. I'm really excited to dig into the details on today's episode. So we're going to talk about Diana's decision to rebrand in the first place, finding the right designer, how Sam and Megan guided Diana through the process, and all of the surprises that came along the way. We have a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Yes. Okay. So it has been a while on the podcast since we've had multiple guests on the same show. So I'm going to do my best to moderate so we don't just talk over each other for our listeners. So before we get into things, let's kick off with some intros. Diana, I'm going to have you go first. So for our listeners who have no idea what magic dates are, can you please describe them for us? Yes. So Magic Dates is the first snack company to use dates as a symbol of cultural connection. Uh, we are plant-based, gluten-free, no added sugar, snap, a snack bite. And, you know, my whole thesis with Magic Dates was just to create better-for-you snacks or dessert alternatives that your body loves. Mm. And did you have any experience in the food industry before you started a snack company? Nothing. I was <laughs> I was new. <laughs> this has been a learning process. Um, other than being a good cook, <laughs> that was pretty yeah. much it for me. Yeah. And how long has it been since you first launched? So we launched in 2018, but because everything has been grassroots for us, it was, you know, just evolving. Um, So it was at the farmer's market early on, and it was just like 30 doors in 2019. So it's just been a slow progression. um, And just some cool things are happening recently. 
Yeah, I'm excited to get more into it in today's show. So Sam and Megan, let's turn it over to you guys before we get in. So tell tell me a bit about here and now and what each of you do at the company. So Sam, do you actually want to kick it off for us? Yeah, for sure. So we specialize in branding and packaging for female-founded CPG brands. And our mission ultimately is really to support them and work with them to get the recognition and attention that they deserve in a you know, primarily male-dominated industry. Um, I'm head of design and creative, so I have a background in design, digital art and design. So I focus more on the technical and detail-oriented side of things. Um, Megan, if you want to jump in and talk about your area of expertise and anything else you want to add. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm the director of strategy and client relations at Here and Now. So I handle everything from client onboarding and um, kind of initial conversations to uh, throughout the process, making sure our team understands our clients' visions and then vice versa, making sure our clients understand, you know, our creative and our, you know, positioning behind our creative as well. Um, And my background is in design studies. So very much big picture thinking, um, kind of problem solving with design is kind of how I think about it. Um, Yeah, as Sam mentioned, we work primarily with female founded companies. So really helping them get the the recognition that they deserve. Um, and then when we first started, we really didn't have a niche or a target. So, you know, after working with a couple of CPG brands, we really decided that this was going to be our shift and our mm. focus. Um, and as we got more involved in the industry, we noticed that there was, you know, this disconnect. There was a lot of pr- products that were uh, targeted towards towards female consumers, but they were kind of lost in the making and the marketing of the product. So uh, we really wanted to get in there and kind of change that. Mm. So do you find that most of your clients are female and also targeting female consumers as well? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Most of the time. Interesting. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I love, I love thinking that Diana probably came to you and Megan, you were the first person or you were the, the like project manager, the first person, you know, with whom she had all of those onboarding conversations and figured out the scope of the project and all of that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Okay. So let's, let's back up here. And Diana, I want you to paint us the picture of when you decided, or when you looked at your packaging and you were like, oh shoot, I need to rebrand. When was that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's funny. I'll- an aha moment, but like a lot of other moments have led up to that one, you know, it's sort of Jig uh, rigging it myself at some point way before I met, you know, Megan and Sam. And I thought there was like a way we can kind of update just our color palette because we didn't even have a color palette before. Mm-hmm. It was this very clean, like black and white packaging. And the only color we had on there was the flavor indicator. And it just wasn't really popping. And there was a reason for that at the time, but it just wasn't working anymore. But what led up to this particular moment actually was as far back as late 2019. Um, coming into 2020, this is pre-COVID, I realized that we needed to focus um, some more energy and resources on our e-commerce strategy because we basically just had an online presence there. I wasn't investing any resources into e-commerce. And so in 2020, I sort of took the time to learn the entire ecosystem of how digital marketing works. But through that process, there was so much back end work that needs to be done before you even get to the point where you're like, okay, we're now ready to kind of present this, um, this, uh, this, this product mm-hmm. to people online, because there's so much more competition and noise yeah. online. Um, I needed to do all this like underground work in essence. And so that's when the idea of, okay, I think a rebrand in our is in our cards. Um, but it had to be 
it had to be done right. Meaning I was not really connecting authentically to my purpose and my origin story all, you know, up until that point. And so if we were to do this rebrand, it had to be about a lot more than just the visual. It had to be about the values and the ethos and what we actually stand for and just like what we represent and 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 what we want to communicate, um, you know, what our personality is going to be, how we're going to show up in the food space. And the, the defining moment for that was actually during the uprising in the summer of 2020 when there was the BLM movement happening. And it was such a chaotic time in, 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 you know, in every angle, from every angle. Um, but it really sort of had me thinking like why people are just rising up and releasing their truth. And I realized I was not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny how something so much richer <laughs> than you are can inspire you and just live your own little world. And so that's where it started. And this was still like months before I reached out, maybe even before I reached out to Sam and Megan. Uh, so that's the gender of, yeah to be the point of yeah so and I care it it's twofold it's first that you needed a different channel strategy that you realized that you were going to go deeper on e-commerce and you likely needed something that stood out stood out in a different way than your current packaging and you realized your current packaging wasn't or your you know former packaging wasn't really portraying what was important to you about your brand is that that correct yeah, exactly. And all that is part of branding at the end of the day, right? It's like visual identity is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. Um, but really, the the values are also part of the brand. That That is what a brand is. Um, and just the visual identity is just what you see. But everything else is how you actually communicate with your customers and, you know, who your customers even are and, and that whole thing that we all hear know about. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you, you made this decision or it was starting to bubble in the back of your mind. And then I know so many of our listeners have this thought too. They're like, maybe I should do a rebrand. Maybe I should start like figuring out what sort of budget I need to have in place. Maybe I should start talking to designers versus web designers versus packaging designers versus, you know, all of these all different touch points um, in our industry. What did what did you do, Diana? Where did, what first step did you take? So it's funny. I was thinking back of how I connected with Sam and Megan. And I think they actually started following me on Instagram. And I would just, you know, they were interacting. And I'm like, oh, who's here now? Creative. And I would always kind of, I would go on their profile. And I would check out the cool things I've done in the past. But it was so, we weren't, you know, re- like ready for that. It was some time before I was really thinking that, you know, we're ready for a rebrand. Um, and so they were one of the first companies that I actually reached out to because they were, in sort of like my sphere already and it's like oh like they're female founded and I got to learn a little bit about them and so I of course have to do my due diligence and you know do some interviews and whatnot but it was just like three companies that I was talking to and they were one of them. Hmm. This actually leads to a great question for Sam and Megan. Was Instagram part of your marketing strategy in in finding new clients? Were you purposefully there trying to connect with food founders? It used to be a much larger part of our marketing strategy than it is now. Um, Now we're kind of a lot more referral based and and do a lot more um, kind of marketing that way. But it used to be a very big part of our our marketing strategy for sure. Um, So yeah, that that sounds about right. That's how uh, Diana found us. (laughs) And it worked, right? It It worked. worked. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it was so there was nothing you know like pushy about it it was just they obviously have this awesome service and they're there and then we just happen to be in each other's world and then you reach out and you have a conversation it's it's great it was so you know the synergy was there mm. if you can think back to when you were first searching for a designer what were you looking for in that partnership so fundamentally I loved that here now creative was founded by white by women so that was a really sort of foundational thing that I was looking for. Um, but I was really looking for someone that understood what I wanted to do. And I'm going to quote Megan on this. So she said this before, and that's more is more in terms of design. And I kind of wanted the opposite of black and white. You know, our original packaging just didn't even have a color palette. Um, and not even just in terms of color, but figuratively speaking, um, in terms of the design elements, we wanted things that were opulent and expressive. And those were the words that we actually used for inspiration. And that was something we always kind of went back to when I was interviewing Megan and Sam and talking. And it was awesome because they were both on the interview call together. I think earlier you, you'd mentioned that Megan was sort of the front uh, person who guided us through the process. But Sam was actually on the call too, which was awesome because she's a designer. And so to have her be there as well to kind of understand what I was looking for, it's just like, really magic and miraculous the way designers are able to take what you have in your mind and to put it down yeah. on you know pa paper or computer <laughs> yeah well I have to say the the design is absolutely beautiful it finally I'm holding it for anyone watching the video it yeah. it finally feels like the outside design matches the incredible product inside I love it that's how I felt. That's exactly how I felt. And I said that to my husband recently. I'm like, can you believe that the product is the same? Like our delicious yeah. chocolate covered bites are exactly the same. But now people, it's a different experience. A customer is able to pick it, up, pick it up and to even get to the point of picking it up, you know, to get attracted to it and say, I'm curious about this, to then get to the point where they're trying the product and, and what we're actually intending for them to try. So packaging is really, really important. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Okay. So I want to hear a little bit more from Sam and Megan. So Diana comes to you, or let's say any client comes to you. How as a designer, are you, are you assessing that potential client and figuring out whether or not you are the right fit for, for their brand? Yeah. Um, so I can take this one. So we work primarily with female founded companies. So that's first and foremost, you know, what we're, what we're, uh, looking for. And then beyond that, it's really about, you know, where they are in their process. Uh, the best fit for us is typically someone who has already developed their product. They've gotten it out into the market, very similar to where Diana was, you know, she's gotten her product out into the market. She's gotten some customer, initial customer feedback. Um, and then most of the time, you know, depends on the client, but sometimes, you know, they've secured funding already um, and they're ready to go. If they haven't, you know, they're, if they're still in their initial pre-launch phase, um, they have a clear direction of where they're going. Um, you know, we know branding and creative is a big investment. And if you're still in the concept phase of your business, it can be a really um, big commitment. It can feel very overwhelming. Um, so we just want to be sure our clients are ready to follow through with the rebrand, you know, before, before we dive in. Yeah. And let's get really clear here because I know Diana said that it was so much more than just the visuals, so much more than what fonts and colors are we going to use on our packaging. Yeah. And, and talk to me a little bit about that. Like when, as we say rebrand here on the podcast, what does that mean for here and now? 
yeah. So I think, you know, with rebranding, it's, you have to look at what's already working and what's already not, and what's not working, right? You really have to know why you're doing it before you get started. Um, you know, you want to have clearly defined goals of, of what you're trying to achieve with the rebrand and, and what's, you know, obviously not working now. Um, so I think that's what we think of with rebrand, right? It's, it's what isn't working now that needs to change or what are, what are your clear goals and where you need to go? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So if a food founder comes to you, let's say if Diana came to you and she said, ladies, I want to work with you, but I already know my mission, vision, values. I already have my target audience like super dialed in. I, I have my logo and I have my product photography. All I want is for you to refresh my packaging. What would you, what would you have said? So we do work with clients at that stage. It really depends. So I know with Diana, she had already done a lot of market research. She already had a lot of strategy. She had a really clear vision for where she was going. Mm -hmm. Um, So we didn't, you know, we kind of took her strategy strategy that she already had and were able to kind of start into, uh, into the visual identity Um, and then, and then the packaging from there. Uh, but it really just depends on the client and and how clear they are on their strategy, because that is really where all of our design decisions are based. Um, so if they don't already have that, we assist them with the strategy strategy part as well. Um, but if they do, then we can kind of take that and and get into the visuals. That makes so much sense, right? Because if Diana had come to you and said, I want to pursue bulk and club accounts, I want to get into a Costco, it would have been a very different strategy than her coming to you and saying, e-commerce is my next step. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So I'm going to say two things here. One, Diana props to you for doing all of your retail ready work before you did a rebrand. I feel like that is so, so key that so many students skip out on, they go through, they get some funding, they come into retail ready or they, they start into a rebrand, come into retail ready. And then they're like, Oh shoot. I did these steps out of order and now like I wish I would have made different decisions on my packaging or my channel strategy based off that that work that I know you did inside of retail ready so yeah so and I've listened to you know even outside the, the course it's, it's so first of all played out just so beautifully and, and concisely and just clearly that you are able to follow it you know in that order and you go through all that too like you know you go through in terms of pack you know packaging you really do get um, very deep into every aspect. <laughs> it's not yeah. just about getting into stores. Like, like actually the analogy is that getting on the shelf is analogous to having this beautiful design because there's so much work that goes before getting on that shelf to be retail ready. I mean, that's what your course is all, is all about. So <laughs> that just popped in my mind. I like that. <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm going to use that. Um, and I remember looking at your old packaging. I remember holding your old packaging and feeling like there was such potential there, but it, it was ready for that refresh. So, oh, yes. I love oh, it. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, yes. I love it. Uh, I remember you posting in our student group about your old packaging and we were really debating the colors and then there wasn't enough. Um, yeah. There wasn't enough differentiation between the chocolate covered bites and the naked bites. And yeah. that was really my my pain point with the, the former packaging. Oh, yes. That was a big thing that I came to um, Sam and Megan with for sure. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the feedback that we got both from you when we were working on the sell sheet and also on the shelves. Like I actually had a retailer reach out and say, I don't know the difference between these two. Why do you have two different UPCs on them? And I'm like, oh, chocolate. if the person stocking the product literally can't tell the difference while they're holding yes. the two bags, 
It's yeah. a problem, right? That was a problem. <laughs> yes. Okay. So back to here and now client comes to you, talk us through like a big picture roadmap of the, the process of a redesign. Yeah. Sam, do you want to take this one or do you want me to? doesn't matter. Ahead. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to call on Sam you... then. Okay. So, <laughs> um, when a client comes to us, we'll really, Megan does a lot of the vetting and onboarding. So once we figure out they're the right fit, the first, we always go through strategy. And like Megan was saying, Diana came to us really good strategy. So we did a concise version of what we usually go through. We still went through, you know, competitor analysis, unique selling points, positioning, target audience, and all of that. So once we have a really clear strategy, that's when we can move into the creative. And really, once we move into the creative, it's just creating mood boards that show different directions we can go in. And then it's just exploring different avenue, avenues of you know typography, color palette, pattern, photography, all of these things all to work together to ultimately tell the brand story. Yeah. It, I For those watching the video, you you can see I've got this big smile on my face because to me, this, this feels like the fun part. It's where yes. you get to take that founder's vision and have it come to life. And they get to see the like tangible result because they've been thinking about it forever. So this is the part where they really feel like they can see every, and they will send us their inspiration before we dive into, you know, when we dive into it, we'll ask them to send us what they've been thinking. And then, you know, we'll do more strategy and competitor analysis and all that on our end. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely very, the most satisfying I would say for them. Yeah. So yeah. all in with Diana's project, how many designs, how many pouch designs did you do? I'm asking you to do math live on our podcast. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. question. Six? Six? Uh, oh, like iterations. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. thinking like final at, packages, iterations. Yeah. No, I, meant, I actually meant, um, I actually meant final, final designs. Oh, you mean different SKUs? How yeah. Many how many SKUs did? did you end up with? Was it seven? Seven. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. seven. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And so how long did the, how long did the project take? I think we started, did we start in May? It hasn't ended yet. I'm just joking. Right. <laughs> Still packaging, it never, packaging never ends. That's something yeah. that it's a true I mean, question. a lot of people don't realize is that, yeah. you know, you can have a quote unquote final result, yes. but there will always be iterations that, you know, once you get out into a world, you'll get feedback and there's always, you know, small tweaks, whether it's like copy or, um, you know, it could be anything really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the initial so process was a few months. Yeah. I think initially it was the first two to two and a half months were branding and then the rest was centered around packaging so I want to say all and it was probably well for the initial it was probably about four to five months um that seems fast yeah which is you know pretty compared to other agencies I will say our our process is a little bit shorter um our clients tend to have quicker turnarounds usually and they don't have as many um you know how you know as many quantities of yeah the product so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I imagine that there are so many decision makers in the room as well right like when yeah. you get to work yeah. directly with the founder it yep. uh reduces some of the friction in in getting that final product out yeah Definitely. yeah and Megan and Sam were great at keeping the timeline um tight as well so actually even four to four to five months feels luxurious you know like a it's a good amount of time but they really try to keep you you know on kind of consistent with like where because we had an end goal like we actually had like a hard deadline of one so it was from my perspective that we needed to sort of have something that was 90-ish percent ready 
for a presentation. Yeah. Um, and they were really helping us move along in a, in a, in a reasonable, in a reasonable mm. way. And, you know, that's why I, I, you know, I joke that it hasn't ended because we went back after that and it's like, oh, you know, we need to, we had some bags that got printed. It felt a little bit smaller. So we even changed the sizing just slightly, just kind of create a little bit more space. So there are all these like micro adjustments that, that take place. Um, and that's also on the founder <laughs> to, to make sure that all the uh, technical aspects are correct <laughs> on yeah, the packaging. Absolutely. So Diana, you were alluding to um, a big thing that happened in your business that you were were really on that deadline for. Do you want to share on the podcast what that exciting thing was? Yeah, I think by the time this this podcast airs, that that thing would have <laughs> would have aired. Um, so I can talk more about it then, but I can at least say what it is now. Yeah, tell us our sneak peek. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be airing on Shark Tank March 25th. <laughs> Yay, congratulations. So two, I've got two things and it's a little bit yeah. off topic. First, of course, if by the time... I imagine this, that Shark Tank will air before we air this podcast, so we can link that yeah. episode up in the show notes, which would be really, really fun. But tell awesome. us, um, give us the like 30 second story on how you made that happen. On how we made Shark Tank happen? Yeah. Um, it, it was a miracle. <laughs> so okay. it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard to say, but no, but I'll actually, this, this is very relevant to what we're talking about yeah. right now, um, because it was my fourth time applying to the show. Mm. And what I'll tell you is be truthful to yourself, to your story and to what you're trying to share, because I believe that's what helped me get the attention of the producers mm -hmm. and to ultimately end up on the show. It really was our, our story. The, I mean, the product, you have to have a great product. You shouldn't be in the CPG space if you don't have a great product that's solving a problem for people, for sure. That's so foundational. But ultimately, story is so important, especially in this day and age. People want to connect and relate. And I can say, with certainty that that was a, a big aspect of it. Yeah. And it sounds like doing the work with Sam and Megan allowed you to feel confident in telling your story. Yeah. I mean, it was all happening, happening concurrently, really. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of like, how are we, it was like this rebirth in a way for the brand of how are we going to show up, you know, um, in the space and to people and to our customers in this new way. And then also in this like big way, potentially on the, sh on the show. Um, and so they were happening at the same time. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. I'm so, I'm so excited to watch the show and see, see the, I don't know, the conclusion of, of your being yeah. on that episode. So Sam Thank and Megan, you. tell me when you were working with Diana or when you work with any client, what sort of surprises come up along the way? I think it depends on the client. Um, yeah. so like, as and I mentioned, packaging, there's always yeah. curveballs. <laughs> Yeah, I think those are always the biggest surprises and keeping having a timeline and having an estimated end date, but keeping that somewhat flexible for, you know, additional feedback, additional revisions, because, you know, sometimes it's almost there, but it's not quite right. And we have to do an additional revision or things like that, where, you know, you don't have to go back. So I think um, maybe that's a surprise, I guess, yeah. uh, but we kind of anticipate some of that in the, in the process as well. So hmm. I imagine you might have some surprises of um, clients' personalities coming up when things yes. do or don't go as planned as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, and we try to keep, you know, a lot of a lot of options for feedback as well, because sometimes, you know, it's great to talk it through and a lot of the clients like that. And so we can get on a call with them, but we also give the option of just, you know, writing out your feedback 
or doing like a, a video recording where they can kind mm -hmm. of look at what we've presented and screen share and just record themselves kind of talking it out. Um, that way they don't have to feel like they're hurting our feelings or anything like that. We're also, we're very much proponents of, you know, open and honest feedback is the best feedback. Um, and the more you can give us the better, because the more you give us, the more we can revise and get it, get it right and match your vision. So. I think that's so true. I think so often clients feel bad about giving constructive criticism or feel like mm -hmm. it's a, a personal attack, right? Like on you, Sam, as the designer, it's somehow yeah. um, offensive if they don't like your designs. But ultimately, I mean, gosh, Diana, you spent a lot of money to exactly. invest in a redesign and it's got to be something that you really love and are proud to, to put on the shelf. Yep. And you know, and you know what, I mean, Sam and Megan were so receptive also, because it really is a two-way thing. Yeah. It's one thing, like I, I do want to personally, this is like what I want to do with different vendors. I want to give feedback, but then depending on how that's being received or what you're like hearing from them or how they're sort of, you know, uh, you know, like taking that feedback that will impact how you respond and how comfortable you are, you know, with them. And so for me, I just felt very comfortable with, with Sam and Megan. They just had a, a poker face that was neither it was just very like yeah just give it to us let's we're just taking this there's no positive or negative it's just information to get us to the next level and I really love that about them oh that sounds like a dream service provider relationship it really was <laughs> yeah so, it really was Diana what did you learn throughout this this process or what do you wish you knew in advance of going into a rebrand so I think you know the big thing was just I was talking about like the brand strategy stuff that we'd already done and we can speak a little you know, more about that. Um, I think as an entrepreneur wanting to be like creative, we get, I, I got maybe very focused on the design aspect mm -hmm. of it. And so I started going down the abyss of like art. <laughs> it was like, you know, just because we, we actually hired an illustrator. So there's a third party that came in and created some illustrations for us. Mm -hmm. And it was becoming this whole other project. And that's actually where Sam and Megan came in and were just like, um, this is not consistent with your goals and like what we were trying to do here. This is getting confusing. We don't, you know, you can't really tell what the product is X, Y, Z. So it was really helpful for them to actually like bring me back on course. And, um, so I don't know if, you know, that's something I, sh I wish I would have known because they just helped me <laughs> through yeah. the process. But I think maybe for other entrepreneurs, it's good to know that this is not just about Again, visuals. This is not artwork. This is not, you know, we're not Picasso here. <laughs> You're actually trying to communicate something. <laughs> well, and it sounds like you had the right design team in place to keep those, to put up those guardrails and give you that feedback, Diana, because I'm sure, you know, Megan and Sam, you have likely experienced this with lots of other clients. And if you weren't, um, if you weren't experienced designers, if you weren't confident in project management or <laughs> reigning in the clients that could lead to a client just going off on their own path and wasting everyone's time and money. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I've got a few more questions before we wrap up here. So Megan, Sam, what, I want to flip this on, on you guys and tell me what you wish all of our listeners, all of the food founders who are looking to rebrand, what do you wish that they knew before they launched into design projects? Well, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit a little bit before, but it's it's knowing why you're doing it, right? And and knowing what your goals are before getting in. Because again, when it comes, you know, as Diana was saying, when it comes to um, like making sure you're hitting those goals and, and it can get overwhelming and you can start to get lost. So that's really where we 
where we try to bring our clients back to is, okay, our goal was to get this message and this story across. So, um, you know, really understanding why you're doing that and, and what your goals are and, and um, kind of coming back to that before we get started is, I think, where what we always like try to do when we get on a sales call rate is, is okay what are you trying to achieve with this rebrand or what's not currently working and I know I said that already before but um, no I think it, it's it's worth repeating right because it it reminds me that as entrepreneurs myself included we are often looking for the next shiny object we're looking for the next fun project to do. We're looking for the next thing (laughs) that we can put our time and energy into. And so for lots of founders, I think that can be a rebrand because that's fun, right? And, you know, it it seems like that's, um, that's what everyone's doing or it's like time to do it or for whatever reason you have in your head, like let's do a rebrand. But Megan, I hear you saying that unless there is a very specific reason, it, it potentially isn't the right thing for a founder to focus on. Yeah, definitely. And then trends, I think, are an important like topic with this as well, right? Because it's like you said, with the shiny object syndrome, design trends are always changing. Um, and I think that can get really, you know, overwhelming as well or, or make you want to just jump off the boat and try something else. Um, and that's, I think, again, why the strategy is so important when it comes to your branding as well. You know, as designers, we really try not to you know, we look at the trends and we try to keep things modern and and up to date. But at the end of the day, it really is based on your brand strategy and your mission and and your brand story. Um, so we try to really stay true to that in the, in the process so that, you know, in, in three years when the design trend changes, you're not like, oh, I want to do that now. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely see that that happening for so many of our food founders, so many of our listeners where they just there's always they're always wanting to to update and refresh and know, do new things. I I understand why it's so tempting. Gosh, I mean, I just keep on picking up this packaging and looking at it because it is so beautiful. So the last question I'm going to ask each of you this, and this is going off script. I didn't have you prepare this, but I'm really curious about what you are most proud of in this project. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Do you want to start first? Okay. Yeah, if, somebody, if somebody else wants to, that's fine. <laughs> no, go for it. If you already, if you already know, go for it because I'm picking it up now to get inspired in this moment. Um, I think at least for me, from my perspective, I think, you know, as we were going through the design process, especially with rebrands, we like, and like Megan was saying, we like to work at like, you know, what, what does your current packaging look like? What is, what's working? What's, you know, in terms of like brand recognition, that's one of the biggest components of a rebrand because, you know, We've seen brands or rebrand, you're like, oh, I didn't even recognize the new one. So for this one, it was really important to us that we, you know, almost recycled this eye in this central part of the design. So at least for me, that was something that we really worked on making a focal point and making sure the brand recognition, you know, continued with the rebrand. Yeah. And so for those who aren't familiar, maybe what we should do actually in our show notes here, we'll put a before and after picture so people can really get a, a sense of the, the brand change. There is this, this eye imagery with an eye with almost like a um, sunburst, some like sun rays behind it that you really pulled between the two designs. Mm, I like that, Sam. That's, you should be proud of that. I like it a lot too. Yeah. There's more actually, even when you look inside the eye, that like mm-hmm. they took every element um that that existed in the previous eye there's like this little cr- like crescent moon that's in there it's in the very center of the eye so it's really cool it's it's I don't know to me a brand 
is like a person. It's like it's like your own person, kind of like growing and like becoming a new character. And you don't want to forget about your old self, <laughs> but you just want right. to evolve and grow exactly. and be better. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, what are you exactly. what are you proud of, Diana? Um, you know, I think when I look at this, there's just this like warm feeling in my heart that like I trusted my guts also because you can you can do all the research and all the homework and you can do all that good stuff and data is great and interviewing customers is great. That's all important. But but ultimately, when like your brand is so personal to you, and this is for me, this is very personal. Um, I look at it and I was like, wow, like we did this, and it was a result of me really trusting my instincts and guts that like we needed to do something different, mm-hmm. and that was really connected to my origin story and to where dates come from, and that's what I'm most proud of with this. Mm, that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. What about you, Megan? Um, it's kind of similar to Diana's, but just in, in the way that I feel like really the new packaging and branding really does feel like a story, right? It, it kind of brings you into something bigger than just, you know, what the product is. It, it, it pulls that background story in, I think, really well. And we went through a couple iterations, too, of how to how to make that happen. Um, and I really mm-hmm. just love love the final that we landed on. I think it wraps it up all oh, nicely. <laughs> it truly does. I'm so... I, I can't say it enough. I'm I'm really, really just so impressed with this redesign. And Diana, I feel like they, Sam and Megan have done just such a fantastic job capturing you and the beauty of your products inside the pouch. I love it. I'm so I'm so grateful for them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's let's wrap this up. So I want to know, our listeners listeners want to know how and where they can keep in touch with you. So Diana, will you tell us where do we find magic dates both? in-store and online? Yeah, so we're in, at all the Whole Foods locations in Southern California, um, Air One, Foxtrot Market, but we're also on our website, so you can get a beautiful um, intro, little starter, you know, sample pack, and Amazon. Awesome. So I'll link all of those in our show notes. Sam and Megan, where can people keep in touch with Here and Now? Yes, you can find us on Instagram um, at hereandnowcreative.co. And then our website as well is the same here and now creative.co, not.com. Everyone gets that confused, but it's just .co. (laughs) (laughs) We will link it correctly in the show notes. (laughs) All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure chatting through the rebrand. Thanks Thanks so much for having us, Allie. Of course. This was so fun. Thank you. It was so fun. It was so fun. Okay. And thank you guys. Thanks to my listeners for tuning in. I hope that it was really helpful for you guys to hear the design process, both from the food founder perspective and from the designer's perspective. I know so many of you guys are, you have rebranding projects on the brain and how big of an undertaking these types of projects are. So let's continue the conversation. Join me on Instagram at It's Alley Ball or in our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group linked in the show notes. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. All right, thank you for listening and I will see you next week. Bye. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't 
wait for you to join. To learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.